We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 287. Our guest today is a member of my team. She's a good friend of mine, and she is, even though she's younger than me, she is someone I look up to just because she is such a talented rider, an incredible trainer, a great businesswoman, and she just has so much poise, so much intelligence, and so much patience that I think is so necessary to be successful in this industry. Our guest has a mile-long list of wins and accomplishments over the years from the ponies to her junior career in the jumpers, the hunters, and the equitation. She went to SMU and rode on the team, and now as a professional and developing professional. She has won at Devon, indoors, the North American Junior and Young Rider Championships individual gold. It Literally, just Google her, and it goes on and on and on. She is incredibly talented, and I just love seeing how she has taken all this success and very tactfully and beautifully turned this into her own business, Saddle Ridge. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Vivian Yowen. Hi, Vivian. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I love how much we've been able to work together in the past. It's been awesome. So I feel like I already know a lot about you, but I feel like I don't know a lot of the details of kind of how you first got into riding and and some of your earlier years, even though I know you have had a very successful career. I would love to hear how you kind of started. So actually, this it's kind of a long story only because <laughs> I, st- I started when I was three years old. Yep. Um, both my parents, well, mainly my mom had a history of riding and my dad got into riding because of her. Um, and I was very fortunate enough to actually grow up across from Oxford Hunt Club. Wow. So when I was about three years old, my dad had a horse over there and he'd take lessons. And, you know, when he would finish, he would go to take the horse on a trail ride after and my mom just said that, you know, every day I'd stand at the window in the front of our house um, until he'd come by. And my mom would walk me down and put me on the horse with him. That's so and cute. That's, yeah. And so that's kind of how my love for horses started. But it took me, you know, a little bit to realize that that's what I wanted to do. I played a lot of different sports. Um, and then once I reached about five years old, uh, I had a neighbor who was also had been in the horse industry. She actually was a big time junior rider, was like second at McClay finals. So she, she knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she told my mom that I had to go to Fairfield Hunt Club. So my mom took me there. And at the time, Emerson Burr was still alive. Wow. So I got to take a lesson with him. And he told my mom, you know, she'll be ready in a year. So bring her back in one year and we'll get her started. By the time I got back, Emerson had passed away, but that's basically where my pony career started. And once I started doing that, I kind of never looked back. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, at what point, I mean, um, was that 
you took that year to, you know, yep. physically get big enough to be <laughs> able to ride. From there, was it like full on, you know, you like, did you get a bunch of ponies? Did you do the whole pony thing? Um, when did you start doing the divisions? What was that kind of beginning stage like? Yeah, so I think I skipped a few steps as a pony kid. You know, yeah. I did short stir up. Um, and then I immediately went into the small pony hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I spent a lot of t- time in the pony ring. You know, I didn't go to Florida and I didn't do that whole circuit. So I was doing it more of as a local level. Uh, you know, I did go to pony finals, but like pony finals was such a big deal because that was like, you know, the biggest show of the year. Um, but I spent most of my time, you know, in the winter up north in the Northeast showing, but yeah, I had several ponies uh I definitely didn't do the ponies as uh, intensely as I did when I moved on to horses but Fairfield at the time was such a good uh, stepping stone to get me into like being a, a real you know competitor in you know in the real horse world mm-hmm. and then from ponies to junior hunters equitation junior jumpers Tell me a little bit about that transition and and what point were you at with your riding and and kind of your your goals for your career or even just kind of until you aged out? Yeah, so the one year, you know, my parents decided that we should give Wellington a try. Um, And I had one pony and I was ready to take that step to get, you know, a junior hunter. And at that time, I really only ever had one or two animals you know, at one time and Fairfield being more of like a Northeast program, Mm -hmm. they couldn't send their trainer down, you know, every weekend for me to show. So I actually got connected with Tim and Kelly Gogan um, and they helped train me while I was down in Wellington when, you know, the trainer at Fairfield could not come down. And it was the moment of being in Florida that first time and seeing what, you know, potentially I could work towards was, you know, the biggest realization in my career. Mm -hmm. And I happened to have my dad down there with me and, you know, we, he kind of looked at me and said, like, if this is your passion, then I think we should, you know, go all in. So I ended up moving full time to Tim and Kelly Gogan, who were probably my most influential, you know, people in my junior career. And that's when I took it extremely seriously I went to online school I moved in with them actually and I lived with them pretty much all year round Mm. and I fully committed my entire life to the sport wow do you remember the feeling or like what were your expectations of Wellington before your first time down do you remember what that feeling was like you know I it was a little like a kid in a candy store um you know, I knew it was going to be extremely impressive. And, you know, at the time I was going there for the experience. Right. Um, you know, I had a lot of success in the ponies, but, you know, showing at a totally different level. So my expectations weren't, oh, I was going to come down here and win everything. It was more like this was a fun experience for me um, and something, you know, I could remember. So you know, when I realized that I was like, wow. And when I saw, you know, what it was like down here, I, I said to myself, like, this is, this is what I want to do. Right. Oh, so cool. Tell me a little bit about some high moments and maybe some learning moments of your junior career. I would say the beginning of my junior career, you know, I just started to get 
into the junior hunters, I kind of skipped that step of children's hunters. I basically, you know, three, three juniors wasn't really an option. Mm -hmm. So I basically went into the three, six juniors and it it was very eye opening, especially because of my background Mm. that, you know, I, the competition was so much different, the horses, the riders, and I put a lot of pressure on myself and it really took me a good year to, to develop and become the rider that I wanted to become. Uh, and there were definitely times where I, you know, second guessed my decisions. You know, I missed out on a lot of, I say, normal kid uh, mm-hmm. activities like yeah. prom and other sports. You know, so there were definitely moments where I questioned whether I was making the right decision. Uh, and then I would say I got one horse that kind of changed my career. And I would say that was kind of where I was like, okay, this is, I can do this. And it's kind of never looked back ever since. Yeah. What made that horse so special? Uh, He was, you know, a horse that I connected with right away. And he gave me my, my first, he gave me my first championships. He gave me my first, you know, indoors championships. He was the one that gave me the confidence to believe that I was good enough to do this sport and to do it at the level that I wanted to do it at. Totally. As you were finishing up your junior career, um, at what point was riding in college on your radar? So when I first started looking at colleges, I did not think I wanted to do equestrian in college. So I looked at a lot of different schools, but as my junior career was ending, I would say burnt out is a strong word, but you know, when you're living this life every day mm-hmm. and the hours and the work, you know, it can get a little bit mentally exhausting. Uh, so as I was approaching college, I, you know, I decided, okay, I should t- take a step back from my actual riding career. So riding in college kind of became, you know, a something that I was looking into only because I wanted to stay connected with the horses but kind of stay, take a step back from that really competitive, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and just, and do it more for fun. Right. So you ended up going to school, you went to SMU and you rode on the team. Tell me a little bit about how that transition was, because I know, even though you just said you wanted to, you know, pivot a little bit, maybe take a step back with the like intensity of your involvement in the sport for, for a period of time. But you grew up as a young rider and a junior rider with some incredible horses. And I know Mm -hmm. that SMU is a great program, but sometimes Mm -hmm. the horses, you know, were probably a little bit different than you were used to. Um, So what was that? Was there a bit of a learning curve for you riding different types of animals, um, having to ride different horses all the time? What, tell me a little bit about that transition. I was actually lucky enough during my junior career to get, you know, a lot of different opportunities, catch rides and show a lot of different horses. And even though the quality of the horse in college was you know, not as good. I, I felt like the transition was pretty easy for me. You know, that was just something that I was used to doing. Um, And I know when I first started in college, a lot of people didn't think I would even stay on the team just because of the horses that I had ridden and a whole different experience. Um, But I really, really enjoyed it. And I had a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, I'm such a competitive person that you know, the second that I got to college, I took it way more seriously than I ever thought. Yeah. Um, you know, and I got really into it. And, you know, I, I 
learned pretty quickly how to deal with, you know, the horses and all of that. Yeah, like knowing you now and hearing you say that, I'm like, you wouldn't have done that halfway. Let's be real. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I love finding new equestrian fashion brands, and I think I found another incredible one, and that is Nicovian Equestrian. Have you heard of it? I recently found it, and I really love their stuff. It is super sleek, really well made. I love their breeches. They're really high-waisted and beautiful. They also have loungewear and accessories, really great riding tops, but they're really made for riders by riders, which I think is such an important component to a really well-understood, well-thought-out equestrian line. So make sure you go check them out before the holiday season. Be a perfect gift. That is nicovian.com. That's N-I-K-O-V-I-A-N.com. All right, let's get back to the episode. For someone listening who is kind of in that process of maybe they're a sophomore, junior in high school, starting to look into colleges and and want to ride on a team, what advice would you give them? What practical steps should they be working on um, at this point in their riding career? You know, definitely talking to coaches is the easiest thing to do. It's, it's actually funny when I was getting recruited, I got recruited by a lot of schools and the one school I'd never got an email from was SMU. Hmm. Uh, And I knew that that was the school that I wanted to go to. And, you know, I sent an email to them first and I got recruited that way. The other thing is that most of these schools now do camps. So if you are not someone like me who was able to show on the A circuit and do, you know, all the equitation classes and all that, you know, you can go to these camps and find ways to be seen by the coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Obviously, you know, you can send the videos, you can email them, but I think just communicating with them and letting them know that you're interested is one of the biggest things. Totally. Just getting on their radar is important. And show, I think showing a little initiative too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So you graduated college. At what point were you at in your life when you were graduating that you had decided you wanted to come back as a, you know, professional starting your own business? So like I said, I, you know, the main reason I wanted to go to college and ride in college was just to take a step back from, you know, the intensity of the real horse industry. And I was majoring in finance, actually. And I really thought that I was going to go into the real world and have a real job. Mm-hmm. And about my junior year, you know, everybody was getting internships and all that. And I just kept looking for internships. And I said, none of this interests me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just I couldn't see myself sitting behind a desk. And I just this is what I had done my whole life. So I decided that I wanted to go back into the horse world. And I came back as an amateur for a little bit just to get my feet wet. But once I did that, I kind of knew that this is what I wanted to do. And tell me a little bit about the dynamic of, um, I know there's kind of many routes to go when you become a young professional. You can start your own business. You can work under other established businesses. Tell me a little bit about your route um, because I know that you you know, took a couple steps before starting Saddle Ridge, which is your own LLC. Yeah. So I first showed as an amateur, um, again, with Tim and Kelly Gogan, um, just because they were, you know, 
people that I knew so well in the industry Mm -hmm. and they've done a lot for me. And then immediately when I was able to, I turned professional and I started working for them just because, you know, I felt like that was a business that I knew so well, you know, and they were, they were very supportive and helpful and they really got me into, you know, how to become a professional and how to, how to start in this industry. And then from there, I, you know, I felt like I needed to get experience at different, you know, operations. Um, so then I ended up working for, I worked actually for Jeffrey and Brendan for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked for Val Renahan. So both, all three actually are very different businesses, but I think that was just a, an important way for me to kind of see the different aspects of the industry and just get a different look into what, how different businesses run. So when last uh, spring I was finishing up a year with working for Val and which is mainly an equitation barn. And, you know, I kind of started to realize like, okay, you know, there are not that many young professionals in this, uh, in this industry. And it's very hard to be a young professional, but, you know, I felt like it's kind of one of those things you have to take a jump to do. You kind of have to take a leap of faith. Um, And it just so happened that I had a lot of people to support me. And, you know, I realized that, you know, I wanted to specialize on certain things. You know, a lot of people say that I'm more of a hunter rider than anything. So, you know, I kind of channeled that and that's how I started my own business. So cool. I love it. Well, I feel like your, your attention to detail, your intelligence, your background in finance. I mean, they're all these amazing components that have created such a great business for yourself from an outsider perspective. And I know people have asked me this too, because being a home trainer for Hesslink Williams, you and I work together. And from an outsider, it looks like you are part of team Hesslink Williams. So tell me a little bit about that dynamic. So like I said, I, I worked for Jeffrey and Brendan and both people are, you know, have been very influential in my career. And I've actually gotten to work with both people, you know, in my past. So, you know, I think the the hardest thing about this industry when you want to start your own business is feeling like you're alone. And, you know, when I started, you know, I, I felt like I needed some guidance. And I've known them for so long that their business is something that I wanted to replicate and, you know, run my business in a similar way. Mm-hmm. So they kind of approached me, I kind of approached them and we said, why don't you start your own business? But, you know, let's stay together so that we can work with each other. You know, I'm still young enough that I still need help with my own horses or my sale horses or, you know, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I still want to learn and I still have things I need to learn. So I think it was very important for me to work with people that I knew and people that I looked up to. Right. Definitely. And then on the flip side, I think having you as part of their program, I mean, you are such an incredible rider. And so having someone that can also prep horses and show horses as part of, you know, kind of that area of their program, I think is a huge asset for them. So I feel like it's definitely a mutually beneficial partnership, but um, I think what you've been able to do with kind of seeking out what programs are, you know, things that, things that you like, things that you want to, you know, replicate for yourself. And then now that you're creating that on your own and you have your own clients, but are still able to, you know, be 
in corner with someone who has, you know, done it well and has also done it recently. So they're like current and they, you know, understand the struggles of being a young professional, I think is, was such a good call. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you say is an area of the industry that you are passionate about that you feel like the rest of the horse world either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? Uh, I'd say for me, it would be just bringing along younger horses. Mm. That's kind of something that I've done even as a junior. I, you know, even though I was a junior, I had horses that I showed. I always had project horses. And I think it's just an aspect of the sport that a lot of people think it's just, you know, every horse is the same. You kind of bring them up. But the more that I've done it, and especially as a professional now, I've had, you know, two horses that I've bought myself, you know, to develop. And I just think that that's such an important aspect of our sport because that's kind of, you know, our sports go, the horses in our sport are so valuable and, you know, we can't do the sport without them. So without developing them and and making them the horses, you know, to their fullest potential, you know, our, our sport wouldn't really be the way that it is. Definitely. And I would love to know because you have, I mean, and your horses and your sale horses records speak for themselves. You have produce some incredible hunters recently. What, what is you, what do you look for? What are the different qualities that you really um, seek out in a young horse that you feel like you can work with to really kind of show off their full potential? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's the two horses that I've had are, are very different horses, but the similarities, you know, they're both, they both are physically beautiful um, you know, I think in the hunters, okay, they don't always have to be drop dead gorgeous, but I think just the look themselves, they have to look mm-hmm. the part. It goes a long uh, way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then I think movement is also a big one, you know, especially when you're going to big events and indoors, like, you know, having a mover makes such a big difference. Um, so from like a selling perspective and all of that, that's definitely an important thing. Um, and then obviously just their brain. I mean, you know, this sport is so intense and, you know, what we ask of them is, you know, a lot. Uh, so figuring out what they can handle and, you know, what they can take is, is very crucial. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that that was really well said for anyone listening who is interested in learning a little bit about you and about Saddle Ridge and, um, just kind of get more information. Where can they find you? Um, well, I'm on Instagram. Um, I have a personal account and I have a Saddle Ridge account. Amazing. Perfect. Um, Well, Vivian, thank you so much for taking the time. I know we've just spent lots of hours together doing indoors (laughs) and I'm excited for a winter season of working together, but I just applaud you for you taking the leap of faith, you becoming a professional at such a young age and already finding so much success. So I wish you all the best and I'll see you down in Florida. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.